0: Well, welcome to another edition of Freaky Friday on this wonderful Friday, October 21st. Is everyone in the building feeling freaky right now?
1: <laughs> I am. <laughs> That's
0: all. You know what? Me too.
1: That's it's me and you. getting closer to Halloween, so the spookiness is getting
0: ramped up. And the spookiest thing of all is our live show is now less than a week away, October 27th. If you're in Dallas, come to Dallas show. Come to the Texas Theater In uh, Sweet Oak Cliff, Dallas, it's a neighborhood and it's a very famous theater. If you're not in Dallas, moment.co slash Sinisterhood, you can, it's like you're here. Mm -hmm. So the freakiest of all is if you miss our live show.
1: Yes. And we have a lot of fun stuff planned, stuff that we haven't done. It's not, it's not going to be like our past live show. So if you've come to a live show before and you want a new experience, well, have we got a surprise for you?
0: As Rod Roddy said, come on down.
1: Is that from the prices, right?
0: Yep. He had a really cool sparkle jacket. Oh, I That's love what Rod I mean. Roddy. Yeah. I need a sparkle jacket like Rod Roddy. Regardless, <laughs> we have, uh, it'll be fun. We got a, surprises planned, outfits to pick. You, you heard it. we stuff <laughs> to pick our outfits. <laughs>
1: I have ordered two things and neither of them worked out. So that is um, a stressor for me right now.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking either fashion show dress or I might wear the thing I wore to the Haunted I think soiree. you should wear that.
1: But I'm trying oh to match God. that. So
0: okay, I'm I'll just looking for
1: a black dress, honestly. Okay. <laughs> Something <laughs> that I got a whole vision, but it's not coming to fruition. We'll see. Vision. Well, Well,
0: hang out with us, sinisterhood.com slash live shows. You can come see whatever we wear in person or moment.co slash sinisterhood. You can see it. And if you want to wear something that matches, because I'm going to get one of these shirts, we're going to have special edition T-shirts. They're only going to be available either at the show or during the moment. If you haven't got your moment ticket yet, you can go and get your ticket at the same time as your T-shirt. So all in one. And if you're a Patreon subscriber, grab that coupon code. You get 25% off your moment ticket. So... All that to say, freaky things are in the works next week, but right now we have a whole set of a six-pack of freaky stories that you Why have, have we never said that before? A six-pack? Yeah. I don't know. That's good. Well, we're here now. We're ready to crack <laughs> open a cold six-pack of frightening tales that have been curated by you.
1: Yes, and thank you to everyone that sent them in. There were um, some uh i tried to do extra spooky a couple of extra spooky ones since you know we're gearing up so on point well we're gonna belly on up to this uh spooky old bar with our six pack (laughs) i'm christy i'm heather and let's get freaky well this first one is from cat and this is called static people hi ladies a huge thank you from across the pond in wales for your fantastic show A friend of mine wrecked you gals a few months ago, and your smart, insightful, and hilarious podcast was an instant hit with me. I love how you take us listeners from cry laughing at paranormal tales to the respectful and sensitive treatment of true crime cases and everything in between. I have no idea how to categorize my Freaky Friday 2. Ghosts? Aliens? Interdimensional travelers? Hell if I know. All I do know is that it still haunts me 30 years on. I was around seven years old and on a family picnic in nearby farmland that bordered a public footpath. My grandparents lived close by, so we were all very familiar with this place. Generations of my family had grown up with these rolling fields as a bucolic playground. It was, and still is, very safe and popular with walkers and hikers. We were sitting around in a small, walled-off field just off the main footpath, and at various intervals during the day... Other people would stroll past, enjoying the sunny Sunday afternoon. We lived in a small town, so my family knew most of these passers-by and would greet them. I remember a middle-aged couple and also a couple of late-teenaged guys passing us at different points that afternoon. My family acknowledged both duos. I know that much. I'm not completely certain, but I think it was the two young men who had just walked by when I, bored with whatever old people conversations were going on around me, wandered out onto the footpath to watch where they went. The footpath itself is wide, tree-lined, and while the sunlight can be dappled, it's pretty bright. It also runs at least 50 to 60 feet farther past the entrance to the fields we were in. So I came out of the gate and looked down the footpath, expecting to see two regular human people walking into the distance. They were two humanoid shapes, certainly, but that's where the resemblance ended. The things I saw had the distorted outline of a person. Their arms and legs angled to a point instead of to hands and feet. Their movements were jerky and unnatural. But the eeriest thing? They were completely made of static. Like the black and white fuzz you saw when the channels on old TVs weren't tuned correctly. Like the shit Caroline is chatting to in Poltergeist. Poltergeist. There were no distinguishable features, just angular outlines and a flat, almost two-dimensional plane of this white noise, making their way down the footpath. At one point, it looked like they turned to look at each other, but since there were no discernible heads, I don't know if that's true. I was so stunned and terrified that I backed up into the field to rejoin my family and didn't breathe a word about what I had just seen. I only brought this up to my family recently and found out that an older family member had had an experience in the same place many years previously, except he was coming from the opposite end of the path, i.e. from the direction these beings were headed. When he was a child, out one evening with his father hunting rabbits, they were on their way back towards the footpath when a bright white shape crossed the path in front of them and vanished into the side of the hedgerow. Their dog went ballistic and refused to pass. While his description was more traditionally ghostly, He also would have had this experience in the late 40s. As TVs weren't commonplace at the time, it might not have occurred to him to make the comparison to static. He had looked into the history of the land, and that portion of the footpath was close to where several carriage house buildings would have been on the original farm, which dated back to at least the 1800s, possibly older. Plus, this is rural backwoods Wales. Who knows what else might have made that land its home over the centuries? We're old AF. I found scant other references online to people seeing static people, but it seems to be a pretty rare occurrence. And even creepier, a lot of these reports say they saw them as children, maybe between ages 6 and 12. My relative would have been around 10 at the time of his experience. What the hell did we see? Thank you for letting me share. I would love to hear if others have ever experienced these things or have some theory as to what the fuck they are. I've never been able to get the image out of my head.
0: Yeah, because it's a very disturbing image. <laughs> because it's not natural or normal to see. 2D, like flat people, that's flat Stanley and out in public, except for somehow digital. It's also static. A glitch in the matrix or something. Yeah. yeah. Some sort of uh the thin, thin lines between our world and another world, like... I think that's on Doctor Who where mm-hmm. people think they're seeing ghosts of their family members but really it's a breach in the the fabric of reality between like kind of two timelines like mm-hmm. two alternate timelines and so it's like oh I saw so and so who passed away in real timeline it must be a ghost and it's like no that person that's a ghost was actually just passing between so maybe there was some sort of rip in the fabric someone trying to teleport yeah. not coming
1: in clearly Willy Wonka style <laughs> Mike TV. Yeah, Mike TV.
0: Yeah, that's
1: that's certainly creepy. And it's even creepier that it's out in a gorgeous field where that's the last thing you expect to see out there.
0: Especially, yeah, it's something beautiful. Like she said, this looks like a painting or a sunset. Mm-hmm. And you're like, and a really fucked up thing's right in the middle of it. Um, yeah. I would like anybody that's listening, if you've seen a static person, right in. Because that's the magic of Freaky Friday is that Kat is thinking it's just her and her family member who's seen this. And who knows, maybe there's static people on the footpath in Wales or all over the world. We're going to unite the static seers. If you are a static person and you're listening... <laughs> um also write in
1: i don't know if you could listen it'd probably <laughs> be a lot of interference you couldn't just, hear it sh- cr- yeah <laughs> <they're> <laughs> well that's what you sound like so if we sound like that to them then they probably love us because we sound like hit. we're speaking their language
0: <laughs> yeah we're a hit podcast
1: well this next one is from tori and this is called a precognitive dream from the beyond hey team some details below have been changed for privacy I've had precognitive dreams my entire life. Mainly, they're incredibly mundane and, at best, have given me the ability to know the details of a story someone is telling, or know that a train is going to be late because I've already experienced it the night or two before. A year or so ago, though, I had a strange dream. I was back in the town I lived in when I was at university, and a member of the soccer team I used to play on called me. The person who called me, I shit you not, was named Jesus. This is a detail that has not been changed because it was just so good. Jesus and I were not particularly close, as he had graduated from university before I started. But we ran in the same friend group, so I knew of him. I was so confused as to why he would call me. He started. Hey, I just wanted to let you know that he's died. I asked, why are you telling me this? How do you even know this? He wasn't on our team. I was very insistent about the fact that whoever had died had not been on our team, but Jesus insisted that the person was practically on our team. Well, he was basically on our team, he would repeat, and I know the two of you had sex, so I thought you should know. Thanks to dream logic, dream me knew who Jesus meant by he, but no one was ever named in the dream, and when I woke up, I had no idea who the person could actually be. Once awake, I was quite shaken. I don't often remember my dreams, and this one felt incredibly real. I immediately got on my phone to see if maybe I had seen a Facebook post the night before about someone from my university days passing that may have triggered the dream. But there was nothing. I hate the cliche, but at this point, I assumed it was just a strange dream, and I went on with my day, not thinking much of it. On my lunch break that afternoon, I hopped on Facebook and saw that multiple friends from university had shared a link to a GoFundMe. My stomach dropped. It was a fun for a man called Matt. Matt used to play football for our university. The football team and my soccer team shared a field for practice and often intermingled. We went to the same parties, would fundraise together, and, like Jesus said, we were basically teammates. Matt and I did have a one-night stand at a party, There was no romantic relationship between the two of us, but he was a good person, and we remained casual acquaintances after that. The fund was Matt's memorial fund. Matt had died by suicide the night before, after years of apparently suffering from chronic traumatic encephalopathy, commonly known as CTE. He specifically cited CTE as the reason for his death in a note he left behind, CTE is a neurodegenerative disease linked to repeated blows to the head, like those that come from playing football. It can cause behavioral problems, mood problems, and problems with thinking. Famously, Aaron Hernandez was diagnosed with this disease after his death. Matt was lively, brilliant, and kind. He played multiple sports, was heavily involved in our student government, and was well-loved by everyone. I live halfway around the world from where Matt was when he died, I did the math after I saw the details of his passing. Matt would have died while I was sleeping the night before. Although Matt and I weren't close, I like to think that he was just dropping by on his way out, and I hope he now has the peace he is so deserving of. I hope the story can remind people that concussion trauma is serious and that athletes put more than just their bodies on the line when they hit the training field. And to all the athletes out there, nothing on the field is worth losing your life over. I know we're often taught differently, but prioritize your well-being above all else. Hope to catch y'all on a world tour someday. You've got a devoted little following down here in New Zealand. Keep it creepy,
0: Tori. Well, thank you, Tori. And that's definitely something we talked about on the Aaron Hernandez episodes because it is really prevalent. I will say we noticed the other day, I can't remember which game we were watching and somebody got hit and immediately they took him off the field and they were out the rest of the game. And we were kind of commenting and Paris was like, oh, yeah, they don't mess with that anymore. I mean, it was back in the day. It'd kind of be like, I mean, you can you still just you can go get out there, there just right? Just keep
1: playing. Yeah. Here's a shot to numb the pain.
0: No. And I think now people are realizing exactly what Tori said. It's just not worth it. You know, if you're you can't you're not going to be able to play five more years if you mm-hmm. just keep like if you don't heal after that happens.
1: Yeah. It's a really scary disease because You don't even realize the severity of it until someone's already gone and they Mm
0: -hmm.
1: can look at their brains. We talk about it a lot in the Aaron Hernandez four-parter, the only Mm -hmm. one we've done four parts on. But one episode is almost entirely devoted to the uh, brain study of this disease. And it really is so very sad. And the fact that he cited it, he knew he had it. And, you Mm -hmm. know, like, what can you do? You know, I mean, there's no cure yet for that so it's very sad that he thought that was his only option and looks like he was just stopping by to let you know thanks for being a cool friend
0: yeah thanks for being part of the part of the team part we of was the not team. An official team yeah. but yeah definitely a lot of camaraderie in that
1: yes and we would love to go to new zealand for a world tour A hundred percent. So even if it's the devoted little following is five people, let us know. (laughs) We'll be there. We will be there. Well, this next one's from Carly, and this is Visits from Beyond and the Dead Dad Club. Hi, friends. Thanks for reading my previous Freaky Friday story. It was the one where my mom house sat in a place where someone hid a body. This story is more paranormal in nature and is in response to Robert Pointer from last week's episode. My dad was a Chicago firefighter for 30 years, so this story hit close to home in many ways, especially when his mom talked about the firefighters from his unit continuing to take care of her. My dad died in 2019 of brain cancer, and the amount of firemen who came out of the woodwork for my family and I was incredible. Several years later, and they still check in. They've helped my mom with everything from home renovations to dog sitting and everything in between. I'm so grateful to have them in all our lives. I know you two are also in the dead dad club, which is always a shitty place to be. I'm sending you both solidarity from one member to another. This whole thing made me remember a supernatural visit from my dad after he died. It was sometime last year, and I had a dream where he came to visit me in my current apartment. I moved about four months after he died, so he obviously never saw this place. I remember him walking around, telling me how much he liked it, and then when he got to my room... He walked in, looked around, and looked back at me and shook his head. I don't remember what his actual words were, but I do know how he started telling me off about how messy my room was. I've always been on the messy side, and it used to drive him nuts. We hardly ever fought when I was younger, but the only thing I do remember us fighting about was keeping my room clean. I remember waking up and laughing because it was so incredibly on-brand for him to speak to me in a dream for the first time since he died to tell off his fully adult 29-year-old daughter that her room was too messy. He'd been in other dreams of mine, but had never spoken to me before, and I fully believe it was him kicking me into gear to get my life back together. Anyway, love the show, love you ladies, and I hope your spooky season has been filled with excellent Halloween
0: vibes. Carly. Oh, Carly, that's a visitation dream, mm-hmm. having somebody that close to you, like standing close to you, addressing you directly. That's what when I... I've had dreams of my dad, exactly what Carly said, almost like he's in the background. You know, I'm at a party and I see yeah. him walk by or at the beach and or he walks by. Or it's a dream by. of
1: a memory and they're there, yeah.
0: Right? Mm-hmm. No, but I've also had one. It was a very real one. I think I talked about on the show where I was... You and I were going to perform at the old Dallas Comedy mm-hmm. House in the main, the big theater and that I went to check because there was a back door and I went to look at the audience and my dad was there and he's like don't worry about the audience y'all just go on stage and have fun I, I got the audience and I remember it, it's like one of those where you wake up and you're like oh that was you mm-hmm. and so like having him like in a house like walking around the house and talking to you I'm like this is like another plane yeah type of communication
1: I remember having a dream a couple years back where I think I walked into like it was like a bar, but like a nice bar where, like, the, the you know, it's like mahogany wood, t- the type of bar where lawyers and judges would hang out after a long day's work. And my dad was both. And he was in a, a suit that was recognizable. And, like, we hugged. And it was a feeling like I was, like, for real hugging him. And even mm-hmm. when I woke up, I still, like, could feel that. So we've had psychics tell us that. Those are visitation dreams. Other dreams are just kind of coming in and out. But when you feel like it's it's more like you can feel their presence or it's like
0: you just know you just know that
1: like this was really them saying hi. This wasn't just like my subconscious.
0: But yeah, or like I feel like they're giving you a message almost Mm -hmm. or like I'm here. I love you or like, come on, girl, clean your room. We love you. (laughs) Or like I was anxious about the audience and my dad being like. You're great. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. why would you worry about that? Like, don't worry even. And I've had one of my grandmother where she was like, you're doing you're fine. You're you're going the right way. Like, I remember I was holding her arm because I was like the youngest and I would always hold her around her arm to help her, like, you know, walk to a mm-hmm. restaurant or walk or whatever. And I remember I was walking with her, like, and I said, well, I don't know if we're supposed to cross here. She goes, you know, the directions, you know, which way to go. And so it's like when they're that close mm-hmm. to you, touching you and like something like that was like you wake up. And I was like, OK, I'm going to trust my gut more because you're right. there. So it sounds like not only is your dad still looking out for you, Carly, but I love that his uh, fellow firefighters oh, yes. are watching out for y'all as well. That's
1: amazing. Yeah. What a great a team that he left behind, but I'm so glad they're still taking care of you guys.
0: so sweet. Well, this next one's from Izzy, and the subject line is, a brush with crime or just a coincidence? Hey, guys, love the show, and I listen to you every day at work. On your next tour, please try to come to Minneapolis. I'd love to see you. Anyway, I'm here to tell you a crazy story that happened to me in 2011 when I was 14. One night in late June, I was up late talking to my friends on the computer. It was around 2.30 a.m. and I was in the living room with the curtains wide open. Someone looking in and seeing me sitting alone wasn't even on my mind as I was too busy with my friends on the computer. Suddenly, I heard loud thuds coming up from the basement door. It sounded like someone was running up the basement stairs. My parents and I were the only ones in the house and they were already in bed, so this freaked me out. I ran as fast as I could, and I burst through my parents' door yelling, I heard someone running up the basement stairs. My mom tried to calm me down. My dad got up, started to put his pants on so he could go check it out. And then the power went out. My mom and I were in a sheer panic at this point, and my mom yelled, They've cut the power! We hid in the bathroom with the door closed and called 911. When the police got there, they discovered that a tree fell onto our garage and started a small fire. That explained the power going out but the garage wasn't attached to the house and was across the yard. It didn't explain the noise in the basement I heard. The police checked our basement and didn't find anything and marked it up as me just hearing the tree falling. I didn't believe that. I know what I heard. And thankfully, my mom believed me. The next morning, my mom was trying to recreate the noise I heard coming from the basement. She was walking around outside the house and noticed that the window above the basement stairs was damaged. The windowsill was all smashed in like someone had kicked it. My mom began kicking it as I sat in the living room, and yep, that was the noise I had heard. Was someone trying to break into the house after seeing me and was scared off from the tree falling? I'll never know, but it's a day that's always haunts me, and I had trouble sleeping for the rest of that summer. Thanks so much for reading. I feel
1: like this was the universe saying Uh, Not today. It's not y'all's time yet. We're gonna I'm gonna knock this tree over. And the garage wasn't attached to the house. Is it damaging? Yes, but at least it wasn't attached to the house. But it scared off a possible intruder that could have had much worse intentions than a small fire in your
0: garage. Right. If you're that intruder and you see a young kid and you're like, I can, you know, or just be like, oh, it might be a kid home alone. I'll just break mm-hmm. in the house and rob them, whatever intentions, but trying to kick it open. Dude, a tree falls, a fire starts, all the lights go out. You know, as the intruder, you're like, oh, fuck, the jig is up. I got to
1: go. <laughs> you're like, like, wait, who's breaking into who here? Exactly. Are they coming after me? He's like, I'm being home alone. <laughs> yeah, That's so terrifying to have your kid running, screaming, Dead sleep that someone's in the house and then the power goes out. I mean, fully, I'd be like, it's happening. We're being invaded. Everyone get in the closet, get in the safe room. We don't have a safe room. It's not, I mean, Yet. you're looking at it, it's our yeah. bedroom, I guess. <laughs> we don't have one, uh, jodie Foster style. So I'm get very glad that it ended up. Um there was a uh, reason for that, but I think
0: that maybe someone
1: was saying, hey. Get the fuck away from that window! What are you doing? Right, the
0: universe was like, boop, just flicked him out. I will say too, I 100% am on board with the mom that if the kid came in oh, and yeah. was like, someone's breaking it, and the lights went out, I would be like, it's, this is it, They're, they've cut the power. Yeah. I would have. I mean, you fully would assumed. think
1: that because it would be such a yeah coincidence for those two things to happen back to back,
0: right? One, one, and the other. But I'm glad nobody got in, Izzy, and mm-hmm. I'm glad you all were were safe and that your tree was looking out for you. Sorry about the <laughs> homeowner's insurance claim, but. Right? Uh, This next one is from Jessica, and the subject line is, I worked with a murderer. Hi, friends. I worked at Starbucks in East Dallas for eight and a half years, from 2001 to 2009. I loved that store, met my husband there, had both of my kids with that badass health insurance, and I'm still very close with quite a few other coworkers. Anyway, the summer of 2008, I was gigantically pregnant with my now 14-year-old son, My manager hired this person whom I had reservations about as soon as I met her. My manager didn't always have the best instincts. So standards have changed dramatically in regards to dress code and the like. You were not allowed to have unnatural colored hair, facial piercings, visible tattoos, etc. And this person had them all. I wasn't sure why he hired someone who had to spend 10 minutes covering up hand tattoos with band-aids and putting in clear piercings, but what could I do? Being the mama hen of the store, I took a bit of a helpful and protective shine to her. She could be very sweet and funny. She wanted to go to mortuary school, and there was one down in Pleasant Grove that she was interested in. She confided in me about her strained relationship with her mom, and honestly, she worked really hard to get to work every day, whether riding a bike or taking the dark bus. I often gave her a ride home if we closed together so she didn't have to be alone in the dark. She lived with her boyfriend in an apartment a few miles away. On the other hand, she could be extremely explosive and moody. I used to be the person who changed out the tips once a week. They were done on Mondays. One particular Monday, I was unable to get the tips done. They're divvied up once a week based on the amount and how many hours you work, so it's pretty fair. But I had a doctor's appointment due to being hugely pregnant. I was closing that evening. The store was busy and full of customers inside and on the patio. She came in around dusk to get her tips. She was very upset they weren't ready and started yelling and slamming things around. I had to make her leave the store and lock the doors. I told her she needed to calm down or I'd call police. She was fired soon after that incident. I'm not sure if it was directly related to that incident or other things. I only saw her once after when she came to collect her last tips. Flash forward to 2011. My friend sent me a message asking if I remembered CC. I said, of course, Why? She got into an altercation with her mother at her home in Casa View and ran her over with her mother's car. It was midday and there were many witnesses. I was shocked. She could be quite impulsive and moody, but deep down she was a sweet person who was looking for someone to root for her. I hate that she made a permanent decision on temporary feelings. She's currently serving a 40-year sentence. Thanks for reading this story. I love everything y'all do. Can't wait to meet y'all again at the Dallas show. The last one was a blast. Take care, Jessica. Do you... Oh, you weren't living here, were you? In Dallas at 2011? I moved here August of 2011, but I lived in like Carrollton. I wasn't really in Dallas at the time. I was here in 2011.
1: I don't remember this happening, but currently... We both live uh, very close to Cosby, that that yeah. area. So, this is not far from us at all, and it's such a heinous way to kill someone because yeah. that just takes a lot of. I'm getting in the car. I'm doing this. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, like you have to think about it quite a bit
0: mm-hmm. to make the yeah, moves I mean, other- to get
1: the keys, get in the car, drive, yeah.
0: back up, drive again especially having witnesses or other people mm-hmm. around in the middle of the day. And like, if maybe they're like, Hey, calm down. And you're in such a rage or whatever that you're not paying attention. I think that is a very compassionate and empathetic way to phrase it. A permanent mm-hmm. decision on temporary feelings, because that's exactly what this It's what a lot of, I've been sitting through the criminal law, uh, continuing education seminars. And that's, it's kind of sad because that's what a lot of these cases are. It's like you have this impulse and instead of, taking a breath and taking a step back and saying, I want to, I mean, it's just like acting on pure Mm -hmm. impulse and instinct, something that you cannot ever take away. I mean, we only get each get one mom, right? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. And it's uh, now for the next 40 years or however many, this was in 2011, you know, your life is spent behind bars. It's it's Mm -hmm. super sad. And I agree. It's a very empathetic way to look at it and to still be able to see The good that was in her not, you know, just saying, oh, well, she became a murderer. So she must have always been a terrible person like, yeah, good people do terrible things. And it sounds like this was one of those cases.
0: All right. This very last one is from Holly. And the subject line is murder suicide at my hotel. Hey, ladies, love the show and was stoked to catch you in Denver last year when you covered the Stanley Hotel. I work in an equally haunted hotel in downtown Denver that was built in 1892. The hotel spa where I work is located in the basement. I've had a few creepy encounters such as randomly dimming lights and cold drafts, but I usually chalk that up to it being a 130-year-old building. We do have many ghost sightings, however, and it seems that this past Friday we may have added two more spirits to the roster. I'm good friends with the security guard, so I got this information from him, but no names were disclosed. On Saturday morning, when housekeeping went to clean a room on the fifth floor, they couldn't enter one of the rooms because the deadbolt was locked. After repeated knocks and calls to the room went unanswered, they finally called maintenance to cut open the lock to enter. Escorted by security, when they were finally able to enter the room, what they found was gut-wrenching. An older couple was found dead, with what the security guard said was barely half a head between the two of them in an apparent murder-suicide. As detectives were working the scene, the hotel got a call from the couple's son, asking them to do a welfare check as he had received a concerning text the day before and was worried about his parents. A cryptic note was apparently found at the scene, citing things about King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table and keeping your woman happy. I wish I could have read it before it was taken by the police. You're probably asking the same thing I did. How did no one hear the gunshots? Well, every Friday night, the hotel hosts a loud jazz band in the atrium to which all the rooms open. The booming saxophone infiltrates the whole hotel, including into the spa in the basement. Apparently, the time of death aligns with the time the jazz band was playing and the same time I was working just five fo- And the same time, I was working, just five floors below. The room had been booked about three weeks prior to the incident. The bodies were discreetly transported out of the building through one of our on-site restaurants out of the side door, and the hotel is just waiting on a new mattress before the room will be available to book again. Really makes you think about what could have gone on in all the hotel rooms you stayed in, doesn't it?
1: Oh, yikes. This is a sad one, especially... Your, you get a text from your parents that sends you into a frenzy and then you call and realize your worst fear has been con- confirmed. That's, that's awful. I wonder if the three weeks it was planned or it just happened that it happened at this hotel because it makes me even sadder to think for three weeks that this was being planned. But this cryptic note in king arthur and knights of the round table there was definitely something going on besides just um you know depression or anxiety or an unhappy marriage it sounds like there was some mental wellness issues possibly cult related or conspiracy theory related i don't know but it's it's heartbreaking
0: and that's what i was wondering i was trying to look up if king arthur had something to do with like q conspiracies or some type of because when i I know when we covered that that's something that people can get into and it really escalates very quickly mm-hmm. and there's also some type of language like that but also it could just be unrelated and when we um, covered
1: um oh gosh was it the uh oak island treasure that we talked a lot about king arthur because of freemasons and things like that
0: yeah Rosicrucianism christianism uh yes Something I think something that was related, with, yeah. like some of the imagery or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it yeah, it could have been anything on on you know where it's either like the the one we covered where they had some concerning behavior from the guests when they l- went in to clean the room and saw like odd oh, yeah. notes and things like that. So uh, it's sad that nobody found the note first, you know, and was able to intervene. But that's like you said, that makes you wonder how nobody heard it. But I guess if the music truly is that mm-hmm. loud.
1: And I guess it's part of the hotel industry, but really what they do is replace a mattress and then move on.
0: Yeah, clean whatever they need to clean and then move on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Paris's dad works in the hotel industry and has, obviously, our line of work, people tend to tell us macabre stories, Mm -hmm. much like this entire episode. And so he's told me some stories, and yeah, I mean, you clean it up, you do what you got to do, repaint, do whatever you need to do, but... Like you said, it's part of the industry, sadly. And it's, Mm -hmm. it really, it makes you really think about those folks' last moments Mm -hmm. and what kind of pain you'd have to be in. Yeah,
1: it's real haunting. It's very sad. Very, very sad. Well, thank you so much to Holly for sending that in and everyone else that sent in your stories too. If you have an odd but true story, maybe you've encountered Bigfoot, you've seen a UFO you had a brush with true crime, or you felt the presence of an otherworldly being. Send them in at Sinisterhood.com
0: slash Freaky Friday. And if you want to have an odd but true story to tell on October 27th, come to the Texas Theater in Oak Cliff, Dallas, Texas. Go to Sinisterhood.com live shows. You can see us in person. And if you want an odd but true in- occurrence at your own home, Moment.co slash Sinisterhood for the worldwide digital experience. You can tune in from wherever Talk amongst yourselves in the chat. (laughs) Get a shirt while you're there. And you can watch the replay for up to ten days afterwards. So even if you want to go the moment, but you're not sure you can log in right at eight on the twenty-seventh. No problemo. You got a whole ten days afterwards. So you can save it until Halloween night and watch it. Like trick-or-treaters are gone. You got the leftover candy. You want to kick up your feet, go to moment.co slash sinisterhood and watch us on demand. We'll be there. We'll be there to perform for you anytime you want. Absolutely. We love
1: providing Sinisterhood to you at no cost. So if you like what you hear, consider supporting the show by donating to our Patreon. We're a small operation, creating the show for you by researching, writing, recording, and producing it ourselves. Any amount is sincerely appreciated and helps
0: offset the cost of making and hosting the show. As a thank you, you'll also get some sweet perks like ad-free episodes, a Sinisterhood sticker, membership to our exclusive Patreon Facebook group for those them rolling the airwaves and getting into it tears. A special shout out on the show, a monthly bonus minisode, and patron exclusive video and audio content, including "Amma the Asshole," relationship advice, Judge Christie, Dear Sinister true crime headlines and so much more.
1: You also have the fun perk of access to our discord server where you can connect with other fans in real time and discuss the latest in true crime, share personal ghost stories, or just post adorable pictures of your pets. We hop on occasionally and we host monthly Q and A's on Crowdcast, where you can ask us all your burning questions. We had one last night. It was a lot of fun. Lots of Halloween stuff was discussed. Um,
0: Things got a little wacky. Oh yeah. We talked about a bidets for so many minutes. <laughs> oh my god. We tried to bring Tommy live on screen. It's the first time we've ever had a virtual Did participant. Not go well. There's a button that says invite on screen and we've never done that before and we're like, Fuck yeah, let's do it. Invite <laughs> him on screen.
1: It turns out that I think one of his earbuds was in his pocket and so that's why it was making all of that noise. And finally <laughs> we were like, We're gonna have to do this
0: another time. <laughs> we get it we'll get him with the headset next time yes. we'll give him some but we gotta what a champ
1: him, prepare him that hey this might happen it was very he he was it was sprung on him
0: it was very impromptu and i just appreciate his yes ending of like all right i'll get on we'll try it out um <laughs> uh, and then we have all new studio set up too so you mm. gotta check it out we've got uh Looks swanky great. camera i'm gonna mount the ipad so i don't accidentally kick it over again we got so much to lit look forward well
1: to. We got a um, bunch of just cozy little corner. Someone said it felt like we were going to do a seance, which I love that vibe. Let's do it.
0: hmm We're doing it. For patrons not in the U.S., you also have the option to pay in pounds or euros, saving you the cost of the conversion fee. Annual memberships for all tiers are also now available. Those that select the annual option will be rewarded with a free month of membership.
1: For more details on all of this and specific member tiers, visit Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top banner
0: so many of you tag us in pictures of you sporting your sweet Sinisterhood merch. We love all of that, but the most important type of merch right now is our limited edition exclusive live show t-shirt. You have to go to moment.co slash Sinisterhood to bundle it with your moment ticket. Show up in person to our live show on October 27th at the Texas Theater, or if you already have your moment pass, go to moment.co slash Sinisterhood, log in, and during the show you can buy it. It's a dope design, black t-shirt. Looks kind of Beetlejuice-ish. It's like black and white, Mm -hmm. with white logo. It's got this wacky ass skull with a cool hat on. It's a cowboy hat. Fuck yeah. It's a cool ass cowboy. (laughs) It's a white cowboy hat, which all ties in. It's fantastic.
1: I I love it a lot. If you want to see it, go to our socials because we've been posting pictures of it.
0: And the only way to get it is to be in person at the live show October 27th or virtually on moment.co slash sinisterhood. So go to sinisterhood.com slash live shows to get your ticket to the in person show or moment.co slash sinisterhood to get yours today.
1: The best thing you can do to help us grow is like, review, and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please tell a friend who you think would like us to check us out. You can also share any episode by clicking the three dots in the top right corner and share topic-based playlists from Spotify by visiting Sinisterhood.com slash playlist. All of this means so much to us and really helps podcasts like us get more exposure.
0: You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Sinisterhood Pod. Like us on Facebook at Sinisterhood. And you can follow us on TikTok and YouTube at Sinisterhood Podcast. Christy? I am on Instagram at Christy M. Wallace and
1: TikTok and Twitter at Christy or GTFO. Heather?
0: I am on Instagram and TikTok at Heather versus the world. And I'm on Twitter at MCK versus the world. As always, the devil rules the airwaves. Keep it creepy. Sin